1: It helps expose the lies of the capitalist press and puts the voices of the marginalised and the oppressed at the centre of fighting for a better world and helps us understand the political developments unfolding around us.
0: Good morning, listeners. You're listening to Green Left Radio on FreeCR 855 AM. To start off the program, I would like to acknowledge that this show is being broadcast on the on the land of the Wanjun Wong Wong people of the Kulin Nation. Their land was taken by brute force and sovereignty was never ceded. We pledge to actively support decolonisation and are in solidarity with First Nations people and their struggle for justice. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Um. So yeah, good morning everyone. Your presenters today are myself, Jacob,
3: and good morning, Jacob. It's Chloe here. Hi, everyone.
0: Ah, so um, it's, uh, well, we're actually at the start of June now, um, so I think this will be the start of w- of the winter season, mm, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, although it's already been actually feeling like the winter season for, like, the past month, actually. <laughs> Just... apparently
3: one of the driest winters on record
0: yeah. at the moment. And, mm-hmm. um... So just to give a bit of a rundown on what we have coming up on this program, um, we're going to be playing a recording of a Green Left show that was done um, by Alex Bainbridge, um, where, she, um, where he spoke to artist and performer Hannah Glotkin about her show Client Warrior, and then we'll be playing, and then we'll be doing an interview with um, Mary councillor Sue Bolton about, uh, about the issue around trans rights. And she recently wrote an argue, article arguing that councils must not cave into pressure from the homophobic far right and cancel LGBTIQ gatherings because that enables drag panic then on um and then on 8:10 a.m. we'll um we'll be interviewing Matt Ward who is actually a green um left columnist and also a musician and so he recently put out a new climate album so we'll be speaking to him about that at 8:10 a.m. Then we'll also be covering some green left uh a lot, um, some news from green left and in fact um I'll Probably spend a bit of time actually giving a bit of a announcement, um, talking a bit about, a bit more about the eco- upcoming eco-socialism 2023 conference, a world beyond capitalism, which Green Left is involved in, um, hosting. So now I guess to kind of start off, uh, I guess a bit, um, I guess a bit of a kind of discussion. Currently in the past week, um, what has been, what has kind of been in the kind of headlines and has Kind of dominate political discussion, especially in the context of this cost of living crisis, where people are facing a lot of rental stress. Um, people are facing, you know, uh, uh, people are facing high electricity bills, and then also people are also struggling to afford um, food. food and um, and kind of like the bare necessities. And one of the reasons for this is because of. And this has been a general, um, a general kind of um, trend, is um, the the increased rates of inflation. And of course, um, one of the mechanisms by which um, by which inflation has been dealt with within within Australia and by and by the capitalist state. Is by the actions of of what the Reserve Bank has um, doing. Of course, the Reserve Bank's general role is to manage the kind of the fine, um, the monetary um, system. And of course, they generally don't. They absolutely do not um, They do not sort of make their decisions um, in the interests of ordinary people. They generally sort of make their their decisions on the basis of preserving the fa- um, preserving profits um, in our in our capitalist kind of world.
3: But now they're asking us to manage. <laughs> manage it aren't they
0: <laughs> Yeah because in in a sense you know the general trend with inflation has been that you know um the ca- um capitalist governments haven't been willing capitalists and corporations haven't been willing to sort of slow down their profits they've generally put the cost of this sort of growing inflation onto onto ordinary working class people Now one of the, one of the things that, um, there's currently some, um, there's currently a Senate committee currently happening and, um, basically the, the government is sort of ha- is, um, is, is kind of, um, doing a bit of a, review on whether, on whether Philip Lowe, who is the current, re- um, who is the current Reserve Bank Governor will, um, keep his, um, keep his role for the next term. Um, and so they, they sort of, I haven't really gone through all the kind of cent, everything that sort of happened within this Senate hearing, but there's been a few things that have kind of happened within um, the um, within the corporate media that has been quite interesting, and I think worth your sort of discussing from a socialist sort of perspective. Now, these um, comments that were made on Wednesday, the thirty-first of May, and this was um, this was Philip Lowe's kind of response um, to to the question um, to the question around the housing crisis. And also people who are struggling um, in the Australia's sort of rental um, markets. Now, from the ABC, it's quoted here that he says that rental vacancies um, are near record lows in large parts of the, couple, um, of the country, and extremely strong population growth is making the problem worse. And of course, he then says an increase um, um, increase in housing supply is needed, but higher interest rates will help it to alleviate some rental pressures in the short term by forcing people to economise on their housing. Now, this is where, I mean, his comments about population growth. Now, I got I think mm. we should sort of address that actually as well, because I think it is a bit of a false sort of argument in a, in a lot of ways. Mm. But what? We had what... An
3: experiment during COVID for two years where no one you know there was no population growth and the prices of housing still
0: still went, ca- still went yeah. up um but of course with it from the perspective of the capitalists yeah. they never went to sort of address yeah. the sort sure. of elephant in the room the yeah. fact that we have such investment friendly po- policies like speculation negative mm. gearing and and so on now this is the this is where this is sort of where the comments um where he provoked kind of a lot of outrage from working class people um he basically kind of said that you know uh, he justified the the high in, 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 um, the increase in interest rates um, which is disproportionately impacting on a lot of working class families mm-hmm. is that you know he he said the only way that this is going to get a fix uh, is, fix itself is through higher housing prices is and higher rents and essentially he justifies the increase in rents for a lot of working class people by saying you know as as rents um, um as rents go up people um basically he's basically arguing that people need to economize on their housing, and that basically means what he meant by that is that if you can't afford rent, you should consider moving in with your family. Or if you have a, or if you happen to have a spare bedroom that you're oh. currently using for a home office, which a lot of people are currently doing, to be fair, um, because um, since the COVID era and a lot of people are working from home, maybe you should consider getting a flatmate. So essentially, yeah. those, those are the sort of I mean, solutions that he's kind of putting forward for people to kind of economise in their housing. He's
3: making it sound really easy, isn't he, Jacob? I mean, he's completely out of touch. What a I mean, the RBA, an anti-worker, anti-union, well, you know, he's basically (laughs) anti-human for saying, I mean, the idea that people could just move in with their families, I mean, first of all, not everyone has a family or has a good relationship with their family. You know, their parents might have died. There could be issues with domestic violence. There's also an issue with overcrowding in homes, particularly, you know, lower income areas. Um you know, some maybe migrant or uh, migrant worker, um, refugee families might, you know, sometimes have to all live together to save money. Um, it's, uh yeah, it's a bit rich just suggesting that, or, you know, saying that it's up to people now to fix, to fix this housing crisis by economizing. Um, what we really need is, you know, government intervention. We need uh, you know, a rent, a freeze on rent. We need um, more public housing. I mean, the ALP is tearing public housing down as we speak. Um, yeah, anyway, and lots of us have flatmates already anyway. I mean, <laughs> everyone has the right, We well, should have the right to safe housing, and it's absolutely achievable. Um, there is more, more to say on this, but, um, it is kind of sort of like a victim, victim blaming, um, saying that it's sort of up to us to fix when the RBA has been, what, responsible for increased rate rises for the past, well, what, nine, nine I think I've lost count, nine rate rises in the past year. I mean, that, that has given banks the go-ahead to raise their interest rates and rake in massive profits. And that means that there's big pressure on a number of people, mortgage holders, renters who are paying hundreds of dollars more each month to keep a roof over their heads. And this comes on top of, like you were saying, um, the hikes in the price of electricity, gas, fuel, insurance, food, everything. Um, so yeah, really frustrating to hear those comments from the governor. But it's not a surprise, I guess.
0: And I guess um, the last sort of comment I make on this before moving on to the next, um, to our first sort of pre-recorded interview. I mean, the other kind of um, challenge with this as well is the fact that people' um, wages have also stagnated. Mm. So people's wages are not increasing in line with inflation but also in line with this the increased rates of rent um and um and so and also for mortgage holders it's not keeping up with the, the increase in increased uh, increase in interest rates but i did think one i mean one last point as well is that in terms of this whole Senate committee, um, Philip Lowe also tried to sort of argue. He tried to make this false argument. I think Chloe, you're completely right that you know we need more intervention into the state intervention in the housing market. That's really the only solution that's actually going to address this housing crisis in a humane, um, in a humane and fair way mm. that doesn't let people be left behind and evicted or um, forced into homelessness and um, one of the one of the other arguments is that basically they they're sort of the liberal party the labor party and also the reserve bank you know they're essentially trying to reduce this housing crisis to the issue of supply now hmm. obviously you know that the um the the, the gov- um the government um Obviously, there needs to be, when it comes to the question, obviously, of population growth, there obviously needs to be an, a massive increase in, you know, building houses, et cetera, to keep up with that, etc. But the actual problem is, when it comes to the government, their whole solution is essentially to, um, loosen planning controls. They're, it is actually, a lot of their solutions, um, for, for, for the housing market don't actually have anything to do with directly investing into building houses. They're all about actually giving handouts to property developers to incentivize them to build more housing. And often, what do property developers often build? They often build, you know, what is profitable for them in the immediate term. And those often include, um, you know, high-rise, kind of apartment, luxury, luxury sort of apartments, yeah. etc. that most working-class people can't even afford. So in actual fact, you know, more than that, Um when it comes to dealing with the issue of property developers, there needs to be things like inclusionary zoning as well. Like, for example, for every massive sort of development that a property developer gets approved on, you know, at least a high percentage of that should be um, set aside to be affordable housing. And of course... By affordable housing, I think it should well be below market rent. Um, because actually the definition of affordable housing could be so loose. Um,
3: and market rent as well. What's uh, that? Um, um
0: sometimes, <laughs> that keeps um, um, sometimes, um, what can defi- be defined as affordable housing cannot actually be that affordable. It might just be a bit below. It might be, be what people were used to paying market rent for yeah. two to three years ago.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there's, it's a simple solution which the government can absolutely afford to pay. Um, pay for public housing is a real solution, is really the only solution for housing for people on low incomes. So we need to keep fighting for it.
0: All right, well, I'm just going to play a quick few announcements. Um, you're listening to Green Left Radio. Are
3: you feeling depressed about the future of our planet? The Eco Socialism 2023 conference could address your worries by providing a platform
1: for radical solutions. Activists from around the world examine the links between the ecological, economic and political crises of our time. You'll
3: hear from Japanese Marxist Kohei Saito, author of Capital in the Anthropocene, who argues that capitalism's pursuit of unlimited growth and profits is the major barrier to ecological sustainability. Inspirational speakers from
1: the Asia-Pacific region, including India, Pakistan and the Philippines, will take up the fight for climate justice and against war and fascism. Ecosocialism also
3: highlights women's and queer oppression, First Nations sovereignty and so much more, including a session featuring former refugee Baruz Bichani. For more
1: information and bookings, go to our website, ecosocialism.org.au. Ecosocialism 2023, A World Beyond Capitalism, Saturday July 1 to Sunday July 2 at Victorian Trades Hall. A 3CR supporter.
0: Good morning listeners, you're listening to Green Left Radio on FreeCR 855AM and Having just played that Ecosocial 2023 announcement, um, following this pre-recording, we actually got there's actually some more exciting news to sort of um, announce in terms of new speakers. Um, So I'll be letting um, listeners know about that shortly, um, as one of the uh, one of the um, as someone who is um, involved in the organising of the conference. But first off, I'm going to be playing uh, a interview that was recorded um, by with Green Left, um, and this is involves Green Left's Alex Brainbridge, who spoke to artist and performer Hannah Quatkin about her show. Client warrior, warrior, a Climate Cabaret, which was recently part of the Anywhere Festival in Brisbane and will be on at the Sydney Fringe Festival later in this year. Um, so yeah, I um, hope listeners enjoy. You're listening to Green Left Radio on Free cr 855 AM.
4: Here at Green Left, we think that activism and protest can take many forms, and I'm here today with a cultural performer, Hannah Gwadkin, who has recently been performing a show in Brisbane called Eco Warrior, the Climate Cabaret. My name's Alex Bainbridge from Greenneft. Today we're going to be talking about Eco Warrior, the Cabaret, the Climate Cabaret, and uh, and issues of activism and protests and music and art. Uh, thanks very much for joining us today, Anna. Before we get started, I just want to read to you the words of uh, Jenny Fitzgibbon in a review of your show for Greenneft, so far unpublished, uh, but, but Jenny wrote, Hannah came on with a whirlwind song story of ecological realities told with humour, grief, Anger, empathy and more humour. There was neither a note, eco-fact or theme out of place in a beautifully crafted tapestry of self-written songs, parodies and well-known songs from film and theatre. With jazz, rap, house, using sax solos, piano, vocal vocal loops, drum and a few judicious backing tracks there, wasn't a genre her voice couldn't handle, even while tap dancing. And you could hear every tongue-twisting word of it. That standing ovation burst out of a very moved, thoroughly entertained group of people.
5: Wow! What a lovely review.
4: So, yeah, those were the words. Those were the words for a review of your show. I'm wondering, perhaps, can you just start by telling us in your own words what can people expect when they come to see your show? Uh, Where have you played in the past, and and where can people see you in the future?
5: Yeah. um, Wow. What do they expect? I guess they expect a show that is, as I said, funny. Is uplifting, is thought provoking, is quite engaging. I mean, there's just, there's just a lot of, and there's a lot of information in the songs. I think that's one of the reasons I love doing raps is because you can spit out so much in like a tiny amount of time. So raps are really good for just kind of like (laughs) getting the information in there. Um, yeah, they can expect a, a crazy variety of genres and ideas. And I mean, they're all related to this idea of, you know, the climate and ecological crisis that we're in. Um, but it's a very eclectic and very variety show, which just reflects the kind of performer that I am and how many different ideas there are around the subject and allows me more creative freedom because I can delve into all the different aspects of performance that I love the most. Yeah.
4: So so where have you played in the past and where can people see you in the future?
5: Um, So I have done it in Sydney before. I've done um, one version, well, two versions of the show with the piano accompanist. That was like the earlier workings of the show. And then I took the best bits from those shows and then turned them into the version of the show that I took to Brisbane Anywhere Festival. And that new version is quite different mainly in that I don't have a piano accompanist anymore. So I'm just, I have to create all of the stuff myself, which is why I have loop pedals and piano and ukulele and all of these different things to kind of make sure that the musical background is there um, and that I can do it myself, which should allow me to perform the show in more places, at more community events. Oh, and also... It is going to be on in Sydney. Again, this new version of the show is going to be on in Sydney at the Sydney Fringe Festival, which is in August or September, but I don't know exactly the dates yet and I don't know exactly the venue, but Sydney Fringe Festival, it will be on in Sydney.
4: So if people like what they see and hear in this uh, interview, can people get in touch with you if they're arranging a festival or a community group to arrange a performance?
5: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Reach out. I want to perform this stuff everywhere. I just want, you know... We need more art. We need more people engaged with these ideas and, um, you know, cabaret and all this weird, eclectic, artsy stuff is a really fun and easy way to digest the information. And, um, yeah. So 100% everywhere, anywhere, let me know. I'll be there. <laughs> so
4: what would you say are the messages you're trying to get across in this, in this show?
5: I, I would say it's less of a message and more of a feeling. I just want people to feel empowered. I want people to feel like their actions are powerful and that they do have some power. And, yeah, and this collecting, collective feeling of people power is what makes change happen. Um, yeah, it's more of the feeling that I'm going after. But, I mean, there's so many different messages in the show. Like, it's okay to feel like you're not enough because... The whole world tells us that we're not enough constantly that's what all of this is about um, it's It's okay to be like, "I can't do this alone because you can't do this alone. You can just do everything you can do, taking more of a pragmatic approach about it um, and yeah, and just instilling some hope and also validation for people who have always thought these things and 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 f- yeah, like gi- giving them validation and giving them um, the feeling that, yeah, they're not crazy because every aspect of society is constantly telling us that, you know, that, that being a mindless consumer is like the way, the best way to do things. And don't worry about that. Just live your life. And who cares? Buy this thing. Like, you know, everything's just about your own personal happiness in this one moment. And don't consider other people just buy more stuff. And it's just like, it It feels like you're a crazy person when you're watching everyone else just absorb this messaging, and you can see I can feel myself absorbing the messaging as well because it's everywhere. you're constantly bombarded, and it takes a lot of mental energy to just keep reminding yourself, actually, no, this is all lies, i this is not the way that I want to live my life and validating the audiences that come with those feelings of no, like you're not crazy. There is a better world out there and we do deserve a better world and we deserve more than this and future generations deserve more than this. Um, yeah, and giving them that validation.
4: So can you talk more generally about your thoughts about combining art and culture with politics and activism?
5: Oh man, I think, I think it's so obvious. I think the best artists have done that. I think, I mean, art usually does reflect the culture and the times, but I think you know, there's something way more powerful with using your art as a tool to make change. I have found nothing more satisfying in my life than being able to use those skills to, you know, speak out about issues that I care about. And I speak about this in the show as well. Um, my biggest inspiration is Nina Simone. Um, and she used her art in the civil rights movement to, you know, spread the message and sing the truth and you know, it's, it's really powerful stuff. Art's a powerful thing. And I I wish more people would use their art, um, in more of a political way, but you know, I think, I think all art is saying something. Um, yeah, it's just fun to really lean into that and go, Hey, like I have a microphone right now. You're listening to me, sing these songs. What if I slipped in some lyrics that were like, Hey, have you ever thought about this? (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's really important. I think that's that's definitely the way that I can do it. And obviously, everyone has their own talents and their own skills. Um, and we need everywhere we need everywhere everyone doing everything they can. And as an artist, I've always been this creative person. I've always had these weird talents and always wanted to do a bit of this and a bit of that. And so cabaret is it's just the way that I'm supposed to do this. That's the thing that I've. that I'm I'm leaning into.
4: There are a lot of issues that are important, um, but with the climate crisis in particular, humanity is skating so close to the edge of the cliff. I think one of our biggest battles is to challenge the despair that people feel, to give people a sense that it is actually possible to solve this problem and that what we do today matters. I'm wondering if you could share any thoughts you have about for a young person today or a person who's concerned about climate change, how do we keep on going in this situation?
5: Yeah, 100%. I think it's it's really it's really easy to just give up because um, I I have so many friends. I've met so many people who are my age and younger who just they don't have the energy anymore. Um, You can. It's very easy to get burnt out in this, and it's also very easy to just learn about the problems and go, well, this is so huge. My recycling does not enough, you know, barely anything. That was the only thing that I knew what I could do. That was something that gave me a sense of power. And that does nothing. The whole recycling thing doesn't even work anyway. As an example, you know, um, it's really, yeah, it's really easy to give up. It's really easy to lose lose hope. Um, And it's really easy to just not try Mm -hmm. because... You know, your life is generally you get rewarded for being quiet and running the rat race and towing the lines and not speaking up and not protesting. I mean the the restrictions, the penalties that are that are being put on protesters is just ludicrous. Like it's so blindingly obvious that you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's so, it's so obvious that, you know, all the systems that are in place at the moment are just to keep everything the same way it is. And let's just keep earning more profits and let's not, let's delay this as much as possible. Um, and, and it's just wrong. I think, I think people need to continue engaging with conversations and media that are Talking about people who are doing stuff and are talking about the progress that is being made, because you know if you're just constantly reading about the negative stuff and oh this happened and you know oh yes, shell's been granted another fifty year fracking license under everyone's nose as well Tanger is like smiling with these pictures of koalas, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so over this stuff um it's so it's g- important to be aware of what's happening definitely so you can speak out about it, but it's also very important to keep actively engaging in communities that are taking action and also hope i mean i don't want to say that like you can only have hope if you take action but this the real feeling of hope does come from taking action When you're engaged with these people and you're meeting people like yourself and you're engaging with the people who come to see your show and you're engaging with the people who want to promote your show and then and all the people who are having these conversations, you go, oh, my goodness, I'm absolutely not alone. Mm. And there is a whole world out there and so many people care about this and care enough to take action. Um, So, yeah, it's just about engaging with those people and 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 stepping out. And actually starting to take action and the people you meet in those situations will keep you going. And I guess um, if we can bring those groups and bring those communities out into the real world and be like, Hi, I'm Hannah. Who are you? What's your story? And like connect and make it feel real. Then we might get somewhere.
4: What you said just then made me think about the slogan, which is becoming increasingly common, system change not climate change it might seem like a simple idea to some people but it's actually a very true idea we do need system change and it's not possible to to do that by yourself we need to work collectively with other people do you have any comments about that
5: 100 percent definitely agree the you know the systems that are in place now are, are very much just about creating even more of a wealth divide and it's just so wrong like how, how can you have compassion for human beings and, and think that, okay, you know, let's not scrap the stage three tax cuts. Like are you abs, are you, who are, what? It's crazy. Even, even my friends, like something that's happening really right now, this whole hex debt thing. How, you know, the inflation has gone up so much and, and all of, all of my friends, we all have hectic student debt. And the ones who have been, who are just privileged enough to have parents who can help pay off our debt, we're the ones who, you know, I'm so lucky my parents have, uh, were able to help me pay that off. But I have so many friends who are going to be paying off their HECS debt for the rest of their life. Education should not be that expensive. And and the more you learn about, you know, the climate and ecological crisis and and, you know, You just realize that all of these social issues are all intertwined. Racism, gender inequalities, everything. Climate change, pay gaps, indigenous issues especially, Mm -hmm. they're, they're all the same thing. And if we can just take a step back and look at everything holistically and be like, okay, where are we going wrong here? Let's put the people first oh my goodness, there's a lot of work to do.
4: Well, that was Hannah Watkin. Thanks very much for your time.
5: Thanks for having me. Thanks for the work that you do. Thanks for the work that Green Left does. I'm I'm surprised that I only learnt about Green Left recently, like through the show. Um, one of the best things about doing the show is meeting all the people and hearing their stories and feeling connected to them and um, learning about cool stuff like Green Left. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that... You reached out, and I'm glad that you guys are doing the work that you're doing. And
4: the show is called Eco Warrior, a climate cabaret. Uh, have a look out at, at festivals or community groups near you. And of course, if it's not performing, if it's not playing near you. Uh, maybe you can get in touch with Hannah and try and arrange a performance. Um, it's obviously good to sort of spread this information around. Um, if you do like the work that we here at Green F to do, please become a Green F supporter if you're not already. It's the number one the number one way to receive the content that we produce and also to uh, to, you know, help the, help the wheels keep on turning. Plans are just $5 a month and you can find all the de- details on our website. We'll see you next time.
0: Okay. You're just listening to an interview with, um, with Hannah Quatkin, um, about her, who is a, um, who's a, um, who's a music, who's an artist and performer who's recent, who's going to be doing a, a show titled Climate Warrior. Uh, um, a, a climate cavern, which was recently part of the Anywhere Festival in Brisbane, and will be on the on at the Sydney Fringe Festival later in this year. So if anyone is going up to the Sydney Fringe Festival later this year, because um, I know a lot of people actually travel up for the um, for the Fringe Festival, um, yeah, um, check out her her show. And she also, um, if anyone also wants to organise a performance of the show, you can contact Gwatkin at Hannah dot A dot at gmail.com or you can e or you can search her up on Instagram. But yeah, we'll put the link um, to all this um, when we um, put the podcast up of this program. Okay. Now, um, I thought we would go play a bit of a quick song. So maybe, um, Chloe, do you want to introduce the track?
3: Yeah, we're playing a song from Green Left.
0: Oh, just start again.
3: <laughs> we're playing a song from Matt Ward's 10 new albums to feel your fire. It's called Run Hitler Run by Dropkick Murphys from their album OK Ma Rising. Did you want a little bit of an introduction to the song? Do we have time?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, so on there was this um man who a Nazi admiring man um who was charged for allegedly threatening to kill US President Joe Biden and this this person had this 18-year-old had crashed a pickup truck into a security bar- barrier near the White House and began waving a Nazi flag. He allegedly told Secret Service agents he wanted to get to the White House, seize power, and be put in charge of the nation and said he would kill the president if that's what I have to do. And so days later, US Celtic punk band Dropkick Murphys released their second album off Woody Guthrie's songs featuring anti-Nazi an- this anti-Nazi album um anthem sorry run hitler run and yeah so yeah hope you enjoy
0: listening to Green Left Radio on FreeCR eight five five AM and you're just listening to Run Hitler Run by the Dropkick Murphy's. Okay, so um, I wanted to kind of start by giving a bit of a bit of giving giving a bit of a report on some update and this actually draws on an article that I produced for Green Left. Which is, um, basically giving a bit of an overview of some of the exciting new speakers that have been announced for the upcoming Eco Socialism 2023 A World Beyond Capitalism Conference, which is going to be happening on July 1st, July 2nd, um, at the Victorian Trades Hall. And it promises to actually be an exciting discussion on how we can move beyond capitalism. So some of the new exciting speakers that we have now announced is that we now have, um, First Nations Senator Lydia Thorpe, um, Kurdish feminist leader Nelly for Koch, um, Kurdish writer, journalist, and refugee Baruz Bashani. and of course we've also have we're also going to be joined by the Green Senator Jordan Steele John, um, Burmese human rights activist Monzani, who we actually interviewed um, early on the program um, last week, and we also have Sa- um, Sapna South Asian Climate Solidarity co-founder Rashera Talukta. and then we also have um, um, New Zealand slash U- um, unite union founder Mark Shreen, and then. We'll, we're also going to be joined by Ashik Saha, who is an activist with the All India um, Students Association and a researcher on labour and um, the digital economy. And actually, just another speaker that we just sort of haven't, um, that we weren't able to announce, uh, that um, didn't make the publication of the article, but we've just confirmed also... An activist um from Singapore, um Mark Paul, um who is a member of the Singapore Climate Justice Collective S G Climate Rally and one of the co editors of Brown is Redacted, Reflecting on Race in Singapore and Anthology on Minority Race Narratives in Singapore. <laughs> so yeah, he'll be he'll be speaking on the on the session Climate Justice and the Global South. And, um, at the, at the, at the, at the, at the conference. And yeah, we'll hopefully, we'll probably be featuring hopefully featuring interviews with some of these, um, with some of these guests in, in the lead up and in the lead up to the, uh, in the lead up to the conference. And of course, these, um, these, um, speakers very, uh, very much, you know, join the previously, uh, announced keynote speaker Kohei Saito, offered the best-selling book Capital of the Anthropocene and Marx in the Anthropocene towards the idea of degrowth communism. And then the also leading Indian socialists, the um, other activists that will be speaking as well will be leading Indian socialist Clifton D. Rosera, veteran Pakistani socialist and um, global South client actress Farooq Tariq and Malaysian socialist Hugh Ting will also present. Now, more guest speakers, I think, will also be announced, and they'll be joined by on various panels by a number of leading socialist lines activists, including Green Left co-editors Susan Price and Pip Hinman, Sam Rainwright, Sue Bull and Peter Boyle. And I think there'll be very much a rich discussion about ideas and visions for a post-capitalist society and about the intersection struggles for liberation and ecological sustainability that have the potential to take us there. I think those should, um, you know, I just want to quote a bit of a plug, you know, um, that um, should... Um, People should check out the conference agenda by going on ecosocialism.org.au/forward/slash/agenda. Um, and there's also a good article in the in the links inserting Green Left 1381 for an in, um, with an insightful article by Gareth Dale who basically goes through Kohei Saito's sort of work. Um, so yeah, um, I think this is good, looking to be a, you know a very exciting conference, and yeah, we we'll look forward to we're we'll trying hopefully bring it um, hopefully we'll bring as many left wing actors uh, together as possible.
3: Mm, really exciting, Jacob, to hear those new speakers. And now it's less than a month away. Um, just to plug those dates again: Saturday, July 1st, and Sunday, July 2nd, at Trades Hall. Uh, it's also a conference that will be, you know, a fundraiser for Green Left. So book your tickets now at ecosocialism.org.au. We've got links all over the place, all over Green Left articles. It's through Try Booking, and yeah, check out the agenda. It's a it's a really um, great agenda. We've got Uh, you know, fighting for First Nations justice and sovereignty, Um, the fight for democracy in India is Modi fascist, Um, capitalism in crisis, patriarchy and the origins of women's oppression. Uh, Lots of great stuff, so please check it
0: out. Okay, well, I'm going to draw on also another um, Green Left news story that um, it's titled Victorian Government Forced to Halt Native Logging. And this is just a bit, you know, we don't really, I mean, this is, we don't always have sort of positive news stories, but this is kind of one of them. And, um, reporting from the article, um, Victorian, um, Premier Daniel Andrews has been forced to announce, um, an end to native forest logging by the end of the year. This decision came in the 2023 to 2024 budget alongside an extra 200 million to help workers and businesses transition away from the devastating industry. The government had a plan to halt native logging, um, logging in native forests by 2030, but had to move um, the deadline to forward to January 1 next year. Treasurer Tim Palace blamed this on the successful legal action by King Lake Friends of the Forest and Environmental East Gippsland. And in fact, we've actually um, had interviews with King Lake Friends of the Forest in, uh, on previous programs. Uh, the activist groups proved in the Supreme Court of Victoria last year that Vic Forest, the government-owned logging company, was not doing enough to ensure its operations did not harm native CCs, specifically the Lelo um, bellied glider. In response, um, Vic um, Forest halted its logging of native forest late last year. Its 2020 annual report said that legal proceedings had cost more than 10 million. Um, EEG um, said the halt was long overdue, but warned um, campaigners not to relax. It said Vic Forest and other logging campaign companies might still be able to undertake salvage logging, harvesting wood from areas already devastated by national um, disasters such as firestorms um so yeah this I think this is this is obviously a a, a a positive news story but I guess one thing to sort of note despite the end to native logging, new draconian um anti protest laws remain on the books and so I think you know this um we still have to kind of um, build um campaigning against that but I think you know this is generally i think a very kind of positive announcement in a lot of ways so yeah Alright, I'll just go play, I might play a quick few announcements. Um, you're listening to Green Left Radio.
6: Kafias are Palestinian scarves and they're a symbol of support for justice for the Palestinian people. Buying one will support the last remaining factory in Hebron that makes Kafirs and all proceeds from the sales support projects in Palestine, especially Gaza, as well as local solidarity organisations. From the traditional black and white kafir to an array of modern designs. All scarves are $35 each. Explore the range and order online or drop by 3CR during business hours. Wear your support for the rights of Palestinians. Go to kafirs.org.au. That's k-u-f-i-y-a-s.org.au. A 3CR supporter. <laughs>
4: We've got a common enemy, the same government that locks up these refugees just behind us here at the Park Hotel, it's the same government that's going for our rights, trying to attack the very limited gains that casuals have, and so when union activists take up the cause of refugees amongst their fellow workers, it's not an act of charity, it's about building workers' united self-defense mechanism, understanding that we're all part of the same battle.
5: You're listening to Radical Radio on 3CR, 855 on your AM dial, 3CR digital and podcasting and streaming on 3cr.org.au.
0: Okay, you're listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR 855 AM. And now um, we're very happy to be joined today by Mary Councillor Sue Bolton, who ex- is also an occasional presenter for Green Left Radio um, and also is a, in, and is a member of Socialist Alliance. Um, now, Sue Bolton just recently wrote this, art, um, this feature article for Green Left, which, um, which was titled, Councils Must Show Solidarity and Stop Enabling Drag Panic. Um, So, yeah, good morning, Sue. Hi, how's it going? Um, So, Sue, um, just for, I guess, um, for a bit of background, although we have been discussing this, what can you tell us about um, the kind of threats that have been made towards local councils who have been um, hosting... LGBTIQ gatherings, mostly drag storytime events aimed at promoting inclusivity and reading skills. What, what has been the sort of um, the threats from the far right against these events and what has the councils been doing in response?
7: Well, as well as the threats against the councils, there are threats against drag performers, which I think have only stepped up as councils have been to far right pressure and cancelled events. Um, And the first I became aware of it was when there was a, I think it was in about October last year, there was a youth festival in Mooney Ponds and um, the Nazis turned up and they were targeting a particular drag performer who both used, uh, who also used the Hebrew name. And it's unclear, but it appears that the Nazis were targeting that performer both for being a drag performer as well as using a Hebrew name and they arrived saying where are the Jews, where are the Jews, you know, like so they were targeting two targets, um, and they did bang up this Um that performance wasn't cancelled but it was um went ahead. Um but then the next thing was um uh an event, um a trans event in um the St Kilda area being done carried out by the Pride Centre, um, which was organised by Stunnington Council's Youth Services. Um, the Nazis targeted that event, and then Stunnington Council cancelled it. Although the solidarity event with the trans um, with the trans community continued, and only five Nazis turned up, but there were about 300 supporters. Turned up even though the supporters event was cancelled. After the event was cancelled, um, and then I think the next I knew I had what happened was when the city of Casey cancelled a drag story time or drag workshop they were do organising in Um and um, and they cancelled that after threats from the far right. And some of these. Um, some of these events were targeted, I think the one in Nary Warren was the um, pylon against the council and the drag performers that initiated by Pentecostal right-wing churches, um, but then Nazis and the whole of the far right got involved and the Nazis were absolutely part of it. Um, the Nazis have initiated the pylon sometimes, but other times it's other right-wing groups like some of the anti-vax, anti-lockdown groups like uh, My Place and and, um, Reignite Democracy. Then the next I heard was Hume Council, which um, invited a trans drag performer, Indigenous performer, um, for their Idaho Hobbit Day event. Um, Then the far right targeted them, then they cancelled it. The performer is a really popular performer and announced on Facebook how Pissed off they were with the council, and so a lot of their supporters contacted the council to say they were very upset with the council for cancelling the event. Then the council relented, and Hume Council went ahead with that performer um, at Idaho Hobbit Day. Um, and then the two more recent, but there have been two more recent examples where Nillem um, Book, well, Monash Council first cancelled their drag story time at Oakley Library and Millen Nilembu- Nilembu- Bit Council cancelled their um drag storytime at Eltham Library. There've been some more um, uh, sort of private kind of events cancelled as well. There was a cafe which organized a drag story time event for children during school holidays, um can't remember, somewhere down near Brighton or somewhere, uh, Chelsea it was, um, they were targeted and cancelled and ditto Woodley Primary School, I think it was, in Mornington Peninsula. All of these cases of cancellation, the police have advised cancellation and the councils have complied and I think each time the council has cancelled, they have... um, that's just really emboldened the far right Nazis. Um, and I think their threats have increased as more councils have been cancelling. Hmm.
0: And um, I, want, I want to kind of hear from you and why, uh, talking a bit more about the politics and why, you know, you think people actually need to stand up to this. Because I think, you know, given the, matri- given the high level of public support for LGBTIQ rights, Um, it's actually, it it is completely unacceptable that people, that, you know, institutions like the local councils and other sort of um, organisations would actually cave into any sort of pressure or threats from um, from what is actually a minority.
7: Well, yeah, I think it's incredibly dangerous. Like, basically, the police advising councils to council and councils, in complying with that request and cancelling means that um, the Nazis cancelling our free speech. Um, the Nazis are determining what we're allowed to talk about or not talk about and it's the same reason why in 2016 when we organised an anti-racism rally in Coburg and the Nazis counter-mobilised against us, um, we refused to cancel our protest, even though the police and then the local Merribeck or Moreland Council, as it was then, tried to intimidate us into cancelling the protest. We, we do not want to allow the Nazis to determine, and the Nazis and the rest of the far right, to determine what we're allowed to do and say and speak about. It's absolutely outrageous. And um, in, in that, we've also got, you know, that stance is also supported by library workers themselves. There was um, an emergency meeting of the Australian Services Union library delegates um, shortly after the Monash event was cancelled and they basically said they don't want councils to cancel these events, don't want councils to even use their safety as a reason for counselling their events. Instead what the ASU is talking about is you know, safe staffing levels, safety plans, etc., is to provide a safe space and, and safe space for these events to occur but not to cancel. And I think there's now starting to be a resistance against, um, against councils um, cancelling, um, which is really important because, you know, there's 10 events that I'm aware of but there might be more that I'm not aware of and I think it's really dangerous.
0: And um, can you? Um, and I guess um, I've heard in your article it says here that um, that you're going to be kind of moving a kind of motion on the uh, at the Marybelle Council meeting on June 20th. Can you tell us a bit about that? And also maybe comment a bit more. Um, you mentioned the kind of ASU, um, the, the actions by the ASU. Can you also mention, um, talk about some of the other kind of resistance that you know ordinary people have been doing to um, resist these kind of far right threats?
7: Um, well what I am moving a motion at the Merbeck council meeting um, for the council to go ahead with these events and not to bow to far-right pressure now so far they the council has not bowed to far-right pressure they did um, do a drag story time event at Brunswick Town hall um, you know shortly after the Nazis attended the uh, Posey parker protest um, on the steps of Parliament house um, and so um, Mirabek council was sort of a bit um, you know concerned but the Nazis didn't end up turning up um, which was good because the Nazis have targeted Mirabek previously uh, when they targeted the day of mourning that was held on the um, on invasion day and um, So, you know, about 20 or 30 Nazis turned up that day. Um, So, uh, it's possible, yeah, it, it, you know, is a real threat um, because I think the Nazis are on the hunt for, uh, Nazis and broader far right are on the hunt searching about the websites to try and find evidence of drag story times or any other trans related events. Um, And, uh, but, You know, I still, even though Meribach Council hasn't cancelled any events, I felt it was important to make a stand and to indicate that Council shouldn't do this, shouldn't cancel events and bow to far-right pressure. So I'm moving a motion at the next Council meeting on the 20th of June um, that Council shouldn't um, bow to far-right pressure. And it's the motion's not just about um, queer events, because we also know that the far right can shift their focus at any moment, Um, you know, they're always, uh, you know, capable of searching for, you know, changing targets, and the Nazis organised an anti-migrant rally just recently, Um, so, you know, it's not just transgender people under the firing gun, it can be, it can change at a moment's notice. but the other really positive thing is the development of Rainbow Community Angels, which has been um, a group that's been initiated, I think initiated by a combination of Rainbow f- Families, the Victorian Pride Lobby and some of the unions. And basically they, they organise for drag story time at both Eltham and Oakley libraries to go ahead um, as unofficial story storytime outside of the library uh, premises, um, so to go ahead as community events and um, and to create a safe space uh, for the events to go ahead, and that was really brilliant. Um, at Eltham, the Nazis did turn up, but they were able to repel the Nazis and. You know, it so sort of shows that these events can go ahead safely, and if Rainbow Community Angels can achieve that without all without all the resources of council, then that shows that you don't have to bow down to far right pressure. At Oakley, I gather none of the Nazis did turn up. Um, so, because a similar Rainbow um, Community Angels group was set up in uh, Oakley to make sure the event albeit unofficial, could go ahead. So, you know, I think that's sort of, that's the way we have to go. We have to resist. We have to work out how to resist and resist safely and so forth. But we have to resist. We can't just bow down to this far-right pressure because they're not going to go away. Um, they're linked, you know, the far-right is linked across the world. And the key... Uh, for a key Nazi group that's been mobilising the late, I mean they celebrate the Christchurch massacre, and, and the white supremacists who carry that out that horrific massacre in those two mosques in Christchurch. So it shows that we need maximum solidarity between um, between different communities that are likely to be targeted and the broader broader community. We need to provide solidarity as an alternative.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much, Sue. We're just running a bit um, out of time, but I guess any sort of brief final comments that you'd like to make?
7: Uh, no, that's everything. But um, I just urge people to, um, you know, resist the far right and, you know, support, give solidarity to events that might come under attack.
3: Thanks, Sue. We hope the motion, your motion, is supported and, and passed, and hopefully this will also empower other councils to also stand up to this terrifying uh, far right harassment and not cancel these story, um, drag time events. So thanks for coming on the show.
7: Thanks.
3: Thanks. And also, uh, Sue Bolton has written an article in Green Left called "Councils Must Show Solidarity: Stop Enabling Drag Panic." So check it out.
0: All right. We'll just play a quick announcement. You're listening to Green Left Radio on FreeCR cr 855 AM.
1: 3CR's annual Radiothon fundraiser launches in June. We need your financial support to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than profits.
3: You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. Sorry. Um, Listeners, it's time for the activist calendar. And what is the date today? Friday, the 2nd of June. So June 3rd, tomorrow, there is the Treaty Day Out concert from 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. at Burnley Circus Park. Sunday, June 4th, there's a film called the Endangered Generation, meet the filmmaker for Q&A, 4 p.m., Cinema Nova at 380 Ligon Street in Carlton, June 6th. There's a public meeting with Farhad Bandesh, former refugee and musician. Uh, he's going to be um, having a meeting at 6.30 at the Coburg Library, corner Victoria and uh, Louisa Streets in Coburg. From June 7th to June 18th there is, um, this is a theatre production, the Australian Dance Theatre in association with Il Jury Bil- Theatre Company uh, and you can read more about it um, on their festival program, Tracker, uh, melbourne slash festival dash program slash tracker. June 8th there's a film called... Woolloomooloo, 1978. This is a collaborative documentary by Denise White, Pat Fisk, and Peter Gailey on the social and historical context of the redevelopment of the Sydney Harbourside area of Woolloomooloo in the 70s. So check that check that one out. That's going to be 7 p.m. Thursday, June 8th, at the Singapore Theatre at the at Melbourne University. June 15th, there's going to be a cleaners' protest at Melbourne Airport, Wage Justice for Cleaners. That's going to be at 2 p.m. Tullamarine Airport, and it's organised by the United Workers' Union. June 16th, there is going to be a North East Syria charity art auction and public event. The art auction fundraiser will be supporting Rojava under the age of North Syria um, the, um, sorry, the North East Syria Solidarity, or NES, and is in conjunction with Black Spark. Uh, so there's a group of human acti- uh, human rights activists who wish to support the people of North East Syria in their brave attempt um, under great odds to c- create a secular, pluralist, multi-faith society with social justice, feminism, and e- ecological maintenance at its heart. So uh, go to Attend that one. It's going to be at 6.30pm, Black Spark, 126A Gladstone Avenue in Northcote. June 16th to June 22nd, there's a film, Pride on Screen at Cinema Nova. Uh, should I keep going?
0: Yeah, just keep going. <laughs> keep going. Um, I'm right. sorry, just my um, laptop ran out of charge, so I'm ah. just getting the list. Oh.
3: Okay, we'll keep going. So Saturday, June 17th, there's going to be a rally. Accessible tram stops make Sydney Road accessible for all. It's going to be at 11 a.m. Meet at Open Space, corner of Sydney Road and Wilson's Avenue in Brunswick, close to Barclay Square Shopping Centre. There's more information on the Facebook event page. Saturday, June 17th, uh, there's going to be a talk called Refugees Art Activism at 415 at the special MV lecture theatre at the Immigration Museum, 400 Flinders Street, in Melbourne.
0: Okay, um, so I might. Um, did you um, also announce that anti-war meeting? Mm,
3: yeah, there's a there's a public forum called No to Nuclear Submarines. Uh, the speakers uh, include Peter Garrett, former ALP federal minister for the environment, um, and also another. You know, you can sort of go through the list of speakers. Um but that's going to be at 6 p.m. Trades Hall corner of Lygon and Victoria Street June
0: 23rd. All right. Um so I'm just going to quickly um I'm going to quickly just go play a quick few announcements and we might and we might play a quick song. You're listening to Green Left Radio on Free CR 855 a.m. If you're a charity or community group looking for office space or a co-working space Ross House has rooms of different sizes available from 15 metres squared to 100 metres squared at affordable prices. Many charity groups already call Ross House home so if you're interested in joining a vibrant community or working towards social justice and environmental sustainability please visit rosshouse.org.au or contact reception during office hours on 9650 1599. Goss House is a three CR supporter. All right, you're listening. You're listening to Green. You're listening to Green Left Radio on three CR eight five five AM. And um, I'm just going to just go, go play, uh, I was going to play a song before that we actually interview the musician himself, just mm. because um, my laptop's sort of running a bit low on charge now, and we sort of play um, stuff through my laptop. Um, basically, we're going to play Keep On Pushing Back by Matt Ward, and um, which, go, which will be going on for the next three minutes, and then we'll be interviewing him about this album. So hope listeners enjoy. You're listening to Green Left Radio on Free cr 855 AM.
8: Yes, sir. us the Keep on pushing it back and keep on pushing on. You just gotta answer them all. Keep on pushing back. They keep on pushing mines. They keep on pushing train lines. They keep on pushing clouds. They keep on pushing.
0: That was keep keep on pushing back by Matt Ward. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to go. I'll go play a quick few announcements, and then we'll actually begin our inter- um, interview. And we'll begin our interview with Matt Ward. You're listening to Green Left Radio on Free CR eight five five AM. Kefirs are
6: Palestinian scarves. And they're a symbol of support for justice for the Palestinian people. Buying one will support the last remaining factory in Hebron that makes for And all proceeds from the sales support projects in Palestine, especially Gaza, as well as local solidarity organizations. From the traditional black and white Kefir to an array of modern designs. All scarves are $35 each. Explore the range and order online or drop by 3CR during business hours. Wear your support for the rights of Palestinians. Go to kafias.org.au. That's K-U-F-I-Y-A-S.org.au. A 3CR supporter.
0: All right, you're listening to Green Left Radio on FreeCR 855 AM. And we're joined today by Matt Ward, um, who has been writing for Green Left since 2009. Um, and he also wrote the book Real Talk, Aboriginal Rappers Talk About Their Music and Country and Makes Political Music. And of course, this month he actually released a new album called Client Wars. So welcome back to the show, Matt. Hey,
2: thanks for having me on.
3: Welcome, Matt. And you, we were just listening to your, your song, Keep On Pushing Back. Um, so congratulations on your new album, Climate Wars. Can you tell us about it and, and the making of it? Yeah, thanks very much. Uh,
2: this album, Climate Wars, uh, I wanted to make it um, kind of personal and emotional, uh, which is an angle I think you don't really get much when uh, in, in reporting on climate. Um, so I wanted to get that answer and a lot of it is about the way it makes me feel about my son's future, uh, and with climate change. Like a lot of environmentalists, I wasn't going to on having children. Uh, our son was a bit of a surprise or a shock to us. Uh, so, that's, you know, it's got a huge sort of emotional angle and dealing with that. And then kids, um... They often surprise you in the way that they think. They maybe don't think the way that you want them to or expect them to. So when I tried to talk about a climate with my son, he would say, oh, it's just too depressing to talk about. Which is, um, and then his friends wouldn't talk about it because it's too depressing, uh, which is uh, something I hadn't even thought of. And then I, I kind of thought that greater thing there would be a big hero to those kids. Uh so I asked them I asked Messenger thought about Green and he said that she's a bit of a wardo. So 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 you can surprise me in, in unexpected um, uh, areas uh and perhaps not that you really want them to think. So I put a lot of that into an album. Uh also I always read right wing media, uh as well as left wing media and non corporate media, just to get a uh a, a a broader picture of what's going on in the world and what people think. So I've tried to get that sort of right wing perspective into the right as well because I do see there's a war over the climate uh, between the, the left and right wing. So um, I even spent a year reading Rupert Murdoch's like, biggest selling paper in Australia, which is the Sydney Daily Telegraph uh just to get uh, an idea of the views that are expressed in that paper. And that was kind of like being uh, left in a hospital for the insane, for <laughs> me. Um, but I got that into a song called A Message from the Murdoch Media, which is um, one of the songs on the album climate news as well.
3: Thanks, Matt. Just to let you know, we, we can make out what you're saying, and I know you didn't want us that you'd be speaking outside under your hoodie, but the acoustics aren't that great. Did Did you want to maybe come up, um, maybe speak away from your phone, or yeah, do what it takes to no. a it clearer? <laughs> let me take.
9: Is that any better? That's
3: that's better. Thank you. Yeah.
9: I'm Thank you. Just to, just to recap quickly, I was, yeah. I, was, I was trying to make it a lot more personal and emotional, this album, because that's a, a, an aspect that you don't often see with the um, reporting on the climate. So was, a lot of it's about my son and his future um, and the way that the climate depresses him and his friends and so on.
3: No, that, that's great. Um, yeah, yeah. thanks for giving us a bit of a, um, an explanation on, on your new album, Climate Wars. I guess like, you, you have been making music based on on protests on on protest chants um you know just we know we've had you on the show before but how did you start making this kind of music and you know what kind of inspires you
9: um well i played the i played the trumpet as a kid so i, was a, I played principal cornet in about four different bands and i grew up in a brass band area uh, near manchester in england um, but didn't make music for years. I was just like a raver for years. And then um, when my son was five years old, he picked up my wife's iPad and started making music on GarageBand. And uh, because he had no notion of how to make music, he it, it sounded like sort of freeform jazz. And I thought, wow, it's that easy to make music that a five-year-old can just pick up an iPad and do it. I'm going to have a go. And I got, instantly got hooked. And I remember staring at the screen and, and, and thinking, wow, nothing else matters now. Um, so the first album that I made was, or, or the second album was actually entirely made on the iPad and was all about Apple, about its sweatshops and so on and its, um, and its child labour and, and the fact that the people working in these factories can't even afford an iPad. Uh, that's out there on all platforms including iTunes and Apple Apple Music, ironically. Um, so that's the way that I got started making music and I've since done like nine uh, concept albums about everything from Elon Musk and all his shenanigans uh, and his controversial um, mission to the Mars. Uh, I've, I've done albums about financial markets, uh, about the media itself, uh, protest chants, as you say, and this latest one about the climate.
3: Yeah, great. And we were just listening to one of your songs, Keep Pushing Back. I think it's the first track on the album. Did you just want to tell us a little bit about that song?
9: Yeah, Keep Pushing Back sort of gets... Uh, to the heart of those climate wars that we're talking about in that um, the right wing are always pushing uh, the, the angle that we need. We they're still pushing gas, you know, the transition fuel. They're still pushing clean coal. They're still pushing nuclear. They're still pushing careers. The jobs angle that this really important for jobs. Uh, and, it, and the song exhorts um, people to keep pushing back, you know. Um, a lot of the time with these uh, songs, it's the catchiest riffs that you can come up to and then you'll have loads of lyric ideas and then it's the ones that fit those particular riffs you know and that was i think one of the catchiest riffs on the album and that lyric just happened to suit that song you know
3: yeah and how can people access your your music what what platforms are they on or the best way to to listen to your to your music uh
9: the, mu- the music's on absolutely every platform including all the, the ones in china india <laughs> Uh, so Spotify, Apple Music, all the all the regular ones. Plus, if you want the lyrics, you want to see the lyrics, uh, the free download of the album on Bandcamp that contains a full lyric booklet. Um, I've just uploaded the lyrics to Spotify as well, so you can see all the lyrics scrolling as they happen on Spotify if you want to sing along karaoke style.
3: No, that sounds great. Your songs are perfect to sing karaoke um, style, style to, I reckon. Um, it's very <laughs> right. inclusive, um, and, yeah, we're glad that you you make this kind of music. Um, Matt, we, we are running a little bit out of time, so, um, you know, any last thoughts before we wrap up the interview?
9: Yeah, yeah. Um, last thoughts are donate to 3CR. I just donated $50. Oh, um, I think 3CR is really important, as our community radio's right across the country, you know. It's uh, very important to get all views out there to get closer to the truth, and that includes non-corporate views uh, as well as the corporate media.
3: Great. Yeah, thank thank you um, for plugging the, the 3CR Radiothon. Thank you, Matt. We love your rhymes and beats and y- your music is telling the truth, so keep making it and uh, keep writing your music columns for Green Left. It's really helpful when we're trying to choose... Songs for the program, radical songs, and even just you know if people out there want to find good progressive songs to listen to, uh, go to Matt Ward's, Ward's column in Green Left, and yeah, check check out his album Climate Wars.
9: Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thanks, Matt.
0: See you. All right, we we're just interviewing um, Matt Ward, and and in fact. Um, one thing to note for listeners is... Um Matt Ward actually does a kind of regular, kind of monthly kind of column where he actually goes through, and this is, and this is, and we, um, and this is published on Green Left, and basically he goes, does a kind of monthly column, getting, giving you all a sense of all the kind of radical kind of music that comes out every month. From like, you can just, and if you want to get the column, um, the month is monthly email that includes his link to his column at, at Green Left. You can um, email Matt Ward Music at gmail dot com. And just to, um, it's Matt, as in M-A-T, not with a double T, ward, W-A-R-D, music at gmail.com.
3: Yeah, we are, we have other interesting regular columns in Green Left as well. We don't highlight enough. the Just to plug the Eco-Socialist bookshelf, which is written by Ian Angus, who's an Eco-Socialist from Canada and the editor of Climate and Capitalism. Um, he edits a, a journal called An the Eco-Socialist Journal, um, and in his latest Eco-Socialist bookshelf, Ian has selected new books. For instance, for people who want to protect the world and transform society. So, if you're wanting to start reading a new book, and you know there are some good book suggestions there, it's a good place to start looking.
0: Okay. Um, now, the next, the next, um, I, I want to go through some Green Left kind of news, giving you some headline new mm. um, headline news that as um, that is actually. Um, um, that's been reported in Green Left. Now, this is actually quite an exciting kind of news story. In fact, we'll probably have a, we'll probably have a, we'll probably have an interview with, um, with Sarah Halfway once, um, once it's actually been finalised. But basically, in, um, the city of, um, Greater Geelong in Widmer Ward, um, uh, the independent councillor has... One of the independent councillors who was elected in the last council elections in 2020 has resigned, which probably means that Socialist Alliance will likely gain another councillor in Victoria if the countback proceeds in line with the Victorian Electoral Commission's past practice. Um, and the reason for this is because... Um, um Sarah Halfway, the Social Science candidate for Windermere in the twenty twenty council elections, received the next highest vote after this um um after this retiring councillor. So this is actually quite an exciting development. It's also quite interesting time because as we spoke to Adele Welsh a number of weeks ago and basically the Geelong City Council is actually implementing all these budget cuts, including cuts to essential services such as the um uh, um such as libraries. Um so yeah, basically it's actually provoked a very Big massive kind of campaign from, from the ASU and and a lot of outrage from, from the kind of local community. And um halfway told Green Left that she's ready to commit to the role. I'll only be too happy to work with the people of Windermere for the rest of the council term. And that she's argued and she said that she's committed to continue campaigning against um, council's proposed budget uh, cuts. My platform from twenty twenty is still well totally relevant. And then she argues that you know we want we said we want to provide wanted a council that provides services, opposes cuts and outsourcing we said then that we will commit to campaign for more support and funding from state and federal governments so yeah um, I think this this is quite it's an exciting kind of development yeah. um, in terms of some bad news um, uh, this is more from um, South Australia um, but South Australia is basically putting um, trying to put, is basically putting forward an anti uh, anti um, protest bill um, in fact one thing to sort of note is um, Labor has actually just recently gotten in power in South Australia through a recent kind of state election that happened, I think, I think a year ago or two years ago, I kind of forgot. Um, But basically what has um, it has provoked a big response with South Australian unions human rights legal and community groups campaigning against the labor government's new draconian anti-protest laws which actually passed the legislative assembly on May 18 with liberal support and this led to a, a, a thousand strong protest on May 26 which brought unions and community together and SA unions are organizing another from May 30th when they fear the bill will pass the legislative council um the new summary offenses um obstruction of public places bill 2023 has the power to fine people up to $50,000 and three months jail for obstructing the free passage of a public place. Um, so yeah, this is, um, the bill, um, has become law on, um, May 13th, 31st, and I think there is going to be kind of opposition in South Australia against it. Um, and I think this actually just generally, this actually follows the trend of a lot of, of Labor state governments actually implementing, they have implemented different forms of anti protest laws. I mean, um, the Liberal Party started off with, um, 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 had the, the anti-protest laws in New South Wales. But of course, Victoria is implementing its own sort of anti-protest laws and that are targeting, um, that target forest protesters. Um, and then there's also, but now we also have now have the trend of South Australia. And in fact, just one sort of comment to sort of make as well is, um, following some of the discussion a bit on this on Twitter was, um, there's sort of a bit of a, a interesting sort of apologism from the Labor Party about it because, Basically, some Labor Party supporters are basically saying, "Well, the Labor Party, this, this, these laws are not that different from what 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 has already been done in other states." And it's like, "Well, that's, does that make
3: it right?" That's <laughs> not a
0: that's not a defence of your laws. That means that you're mm-hmm. basically um you're basically morally bankrupt everywhere anyway. So <laughs> um yeah, and uh, and I think possibly maybe we'll just spend uh I can probably just spend a bit the last bit of the program. I'm just giving a bit of a plug for um, the FreeCR ra- ra- Radiophon. Um, there's going to be a target of 25... Um, 2,500... 25,000? 25,
3: 25, yeah, 25,000. Um, no, oh, no, sorry.
0: 275,000. The target is 275,000, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That's bad at reading numbers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, um, you know, to keep community radio and to keep programs like Green Left Radio going and all the other breakfast programs and all the great content that you enjoy at FreeCR... Work, work, I, I think it's very important that you tell your friends, your family, your workplace about the, the radio fund to actually and encourage, uh, encourage people to make a donation during the radio fund. Um, because, you know, unlike the sort of, you know, mainstream sort of corporate institutions, we don't receive any sort of donation or any money from our corporate sponsors. We rely very generously on people power to very much keep, keep this kind of program, um, to keep programs like Green Left Radio going. Um, so yeah, really recommend that. People make a donation during the radiophone, um, for, um, and when it, when it starts in June. And, um, it is June. well, it is June. It's going to start in <laughs> mid-June, I think. That's yeah. When... The
3: theme for, for this year's radiothon for 3CI is stay tuned, stay radical. We've got these really cool new artwork posters all over the station. You can even come down to the station, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. It's the right address, right? Um, and you can even make your donation in person if you'd like. Come, come say hello. There's no other station like it. So if you want to keep listening, hear radical voices, hear from people who are actually active in, in campaigns to create change, then uh, please give generously. And also, um, you know, activism is one of the strongest antidotes to despair, and Green Left is committed to building, helping build progressive struggles um, whenever they break out, and, you know, we we try to put people in touch with each other. So, um yeah to if you like our work and you want it to keep going, you could become a supporter for as little as five dollars a month, so perhaps chuck us a donation as well, um and we'll be in a better position to help build the fight back we so urgently need.
0: Alright. Well, I might, um, I think we'll probably end this program a bit early. I'd like to thank all our listeners for tuning in this week. Um, I think it's very important that, um, we support, um, community radio. And, um, yeah, stay tuned for, and thank le-
6: our guests. And also <laughs> Matt, our guests for
0: being our program.
3: Matt Ward and Sue Bolton. Thank you.
0: And yeah, stay tuned for next Friday. Um, you're listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR 855 AM.
1: This brings us to the end of the show. You have been listening to Friday Morning Breakfast with Green Left Radio, brought to you by Green Left Weekly Newspaper, which brings an alternative source of information that puts people and planet before profit.
0: If you like our work, become a supporter from $5 per month at greenleft.org.au/slash support or free call 1 800 634 206. Arise, you workers from this
8: slumbers, arise, you prisoners of want. For reason in revolt now thunders and at last ends the age of Kant Away with all your superstition. Serve all masses, arise, arise. We'll Change henceforth the old tradition and spurn the dust to win the prize That's right, the commies are back Reds underneath your beds in that crack
3: Are you feeling depressed about the future of our planet? The Eco Socialism 2023 conference could address your worries by providing a platform for radical solutions. Activists from around the world will examine
1: the links between the ecological, economic, and political crises of our time.
3: You'll hear from Japanese Marxist Kohei Saito, author of Capital in the Anthropocene, who argues that capitalism's pursuit of unlimited growth and profits is the major barrier to ecological sustainability. Inspirational
1: speakers from the Asia-Pacific region, including India, Pakistan and the Philippines, will take up the fight for climate justice and against war and fascism. Eco-socialism
3: also highlights women's and queer oppression, First Nation sovereignty, and so much more, including a session featuring former refugee Baruz Bachani.
1: For more information and bookings, go to our website, ecosocialism.org.au. Ecosocialism 2023, A World Beyond Capitalism, Saturday July 1 to Sunday July 2 at Victorian Trades Hall. A 3CR supporter.